Welcome to Founders Stories, where we interview founders at Inventi about their backgrounds, how they ended up at Inventi, and what they explored while they were here, and ultimately, what ventures they have built. I'm Maria Gibbs. And I'm Dustin Mix, and we're the co-founders of Inventi, a startup generator in South Bend, Indiana. Welcome to episode two of the Invanti Cohort 2 podcast. Uh, yesterday, we had the chance to chat with Nicola Brown about her venture, Kokoro. And today, we have the pleasure of having her back, along with her partner in crime, Dan Elgleston, to talk about their venture um, having to do with lending and small businesses and local banks and local credit unions and CDFIs, um, and how they find each other and how we can make that process better. So to start, uh, we're going to ask Nicola to explain a little bit more about herself. But if you want to hear the full story, full context, check out episode one. Uh, we get into a lot of interesting parts of her background. Um, but really, I'm interested to hear Nicola talk a little bit about the things in this background, in her background, that have to really tie to this idea of access to capital for small businesses and how that ties to community. Uh, so starting with you, Nicola, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm Nicola Brown. I came to South Bend from Miami. And what makes me think about access to capital and even focusing on this venture is my experience from Miami when I was working with small business owners who were in need of capital to expand their footprint. They wanted to move from a market to a brick and mortar or wanted to be able to do pop-ups and were facing challenges in applying at the local lenders that they thought would give them capital. And in that respect, local to them meant a Chase, a Bank of America, a Wells Fargo. They didn't know that there were smaller micro lenders in their community that would be able to meet their need. And so by being a part of this process, that has been critical to me to say, hey, there's this new resource that I just found as I'm researching for our venture to provide access to capital. So for my background, I think about, I have done fundraising and fund development for social ventures. And I know that it will be critical to think about how ventures are funded and how individuals are getting access to capital, both fiscally and socially, because you get access to capital by your network. And so we are creating a network so that we can support that for entrepreneurs. Awesome. So so Dan, you're the new one to the table today on the podcast. So start at the beginning, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, kind of a little bit about your background and eventually how you end up in Invanti in cohort two. Yeah. So um, I'm from Mishawaka, which is actually right next to South Bend, directly east. And uh, I, I grew up there and worked with my dad's small business, you know, for most part of my life. Uh, he has a landscaping company. So growing up, I was always cutting grass. And as I got older, you know, kind of worked on the business. Um, uh, I went to college at IU down in Bloomington. While I was there, I would come back during the summers and still help out with the the landscaping company and then decided that uh, I was going to start my own company and that was exterior cleaning. So power washing houses, uh, driveways, things of that nature. And um, 
over the course of a couple summers, I, I grew it and it was a, a pretty good income for a summer job. And <clears throat> it, it kind of allowed me to explore other options after I graduated and I didn't have to jump right into the traditional career path. Um, so when I graduated, I started working on a startup down in Bloomington and um, kind of maintained my pressure washing business back home. And um, yeah, that things didn't exactly work out for that. And, and that's all right, because that happens every once in a while with startups. Um, and that led me back home and I jumped right back into my business and was kind of at a point where it was like, do I want to pursue getting a, a job or do I want to try and see this through and see if I can make something else work. So at that point, I kind of was here back in Mishawaka, South Bend area, and was like, I need to get involved in the entrepreneurial community here some way or another. And um, I learned about Idea Week that uh, South Bend was putting on for the, the first time. And the first event I came to, I met Dustin and Maria. So uh, you guys were talking there and you guys must have caught me at the right time because it was just what you guys were talking about, what Mbanti does, starting with the problem first. Um, everything just really resonated with me, and uh, I knew I had to, uh, I had, I could either go try and get a real job, but at that point, I was like, you know, um, I'm going to apply and see see what happens. I was just digging through my my desk and I found your flawless finished business card <laughs> that you really nervously handed us uh, yes. at Idea Week. Yes. But we were we were equally excited to meet you, Dan. Um, you fit a profile we were looking for. Um, yeah. Thank you. I would I would love to hear more about how you guys started working together. So Dan, maybe you can start by telling us like a little bit what are the things that you were working on in like weeks one and two of Inbanti, and then how did you come to be working with Nicola on on what you're working on now? Yeah, yeah. So um during the first week of Inbanti, when we were kind of in the exploratory, getting to meet everybody, and it was just a lot of input, um, one of the things that really stood out to me was when we were sitting in the the city room and Alkina was talking about how they're doing their micro lending and um, something about something along the lines of it costs the same amount to process loans of $5,000 as it does like really big loans. And for those of you who don't know, Alkina Aldridge is the director of economic empowerment at the uh, the city of South Bend in the Office of Community Investment. Yes, th thank you, Dustin. Um, so that that really stuck with me, but I kind of put it in the back of my mind. You know, um, that week was pretty crazy for us; just a lot of input. So um, over the next couple of weeks, uh, there were some other things that I found interesting. Um, I was working on hazard communication in OSHA. Um, there were some interesting problems in contractors showing up to manufacturing spaces uh, and basically not having all the information they needed to work safely. And they would come unprepared and then end up having to get sent home because they, they were not certified or they didn't have the type of training that they needed. So I found that was really interesting. Um, but I was still kind of interested in access to capital a little bit. And um, I was still having conversations with people about both of those. 
And the way Nicola and I got together is kind of interesting because I was mostly talking to lenders when it came to the access to capital side of things. And I had not known this, but Nicola was talking to a lot of business owners. So uh, there was just one day, I, I can't remember how the conversation started, but Nicola approached me and she was like, hey, you've been talking to a lot of lenders. I've been talking to a lot of business owners. Let's, let's sit down and digest some of this information. And uh, we, we put our heads together and realized that we had covered a lot of ground. And, uh, and yeah, that led to some, some newer conversations that ultimately led to us working together. Yeah, I remember being pretty excited when you guys came to us and said that you were working together. But then you said, we're working together on access to capital. And I think Dustin and I both said, that's not a problem what problem are you working on? You both <laughs> looked at each other, I think, pretty frustrated with us. Um, but Nicola, can you tell us a little bit about how kind of that has evolved from this very general not problem of the <laughs> statement access to capital to the very specific problem that you guys are, are trying to tackle right now? So, yes, it was very frustrating when we were sitting in that meeting because Dan and I were so pumped that we had figured out what we were wanting to work on. And Dustin and Maria look at us and say, yeah, so what's the problem again? Um, but where we are right now, that week was very pivotal for me as well. Um, what stood out for me that week was Austin Gamage's comment about business owners not knowing where to turn for capital. And so that's why I took a deep dive, like, okay, I need to talk to business owners. What do you mean they don't know where to turn? Where are they going? And through that, we learned, okay, they're going online. They're talking to peers. Peers are saying, well, that didn't work for me. So then I just chalk it up and don't even try. And I was like, yeah, that shouldn't be that way. Um, and so when Dan and I had our brainstorm session, we were like, wait, so lenders are saying, they're not finding good people. And then good people are saying they're not finding the lenders. There is a matching problem. They're not finding each other. Why are they not finding each other when they're in the same city? Yeah, I think this is fascinating too, because I think until, I don't know if you knew this, Nicola, but until like two weeks ago, I didn't understand that Dan, after having worked on this problem for four months, hadn't told us that when he was with his his business flawless finish he went to a bank to ask for a loan got denied and decided to stop looking so Dan, tell us a little bit more about you're actually someone who's experienced this problem firsthand yeah yeah so the one of the key parts of our problem is understanding that um, large banks don't really do small business lending uh, small community banks credit unions those are the the ones who have a majority part of their portfolio in small business lending, but small business owners don't know that. So I had a checking account with Chase and it was like, okay, uh, I'm going to go to my bank because I have a checking account there. Um, and I think a lot of small business owners end up falling into that, to that same kind of thought process. And we've, we've talked to them and they do, but yeah, I, I needed a, a truck or I was exploring the chance to get a truck to kind of expand my business. And I was like, oh, I think I need like $20,000 or something like that. And Chase does not want to do a $20,000 loan. <laughs> you didn't even get to the application process. No. You were told no before you did anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, 
I guess they didn't explicitly say, no, we don't want you to apply for a loan, but they were more like, yeah, we kind of look for loans in uh, above at least $250,000. So I was like, okay, all right, uh, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. take a step back from here. So you guys have spent some time on the road as well, um, gotten out of South Bend. So a lot of quality co-founder time in the car. Um, you've taken trips to Chicago, Kalamazoo, Indianapolis. Um, can you tell us a little bit about specifically what you learned in Kalamazoo as you had kind of honed in on this matching problem? Yeah, so uh, Kalamazoo is kind of where the matching solution kind of came into our brains because uh, we had we have a a mentor working with Score up there, and they had put together a capital consortium. And um, what it is, it it's a group of banks and uh, credit unions and CDFIs, and they. Basically, there's an application through the city and through SCORE, and they try and match businesses that way. Um, so when we learned about that process, that was really something that we uh, hung on to, and we were like, okay, this is something that, that could really work. Um, so we took a trip to Kalamazoo. We talked to people in the city who have... Uh, helped put this together and who have really been facilitating the process. And we learned a lot from them in terms of just like how quickly they learn what different lenders are looking for. Like they say that they could get uh, a loan request in and they pretty much know the one or two banks that are going to be interested in, in looking at that one. Um, and our mentor has been very helpful along this, this, uh, this process as well and just making sure that we don't make mistakes and helping us learn from from theirs. I would say like to Dan's credit, like Kalamazoo was we had one conversation and we heard that something was happening in Kalamazoo. That person didn't even know really what was taking place. And like I tunneled in and was like, okay, we got a name. With a name, I can find an email address. And with an email address, I can find a person. And so like within a week, we had her on the phone and her name is Debbie Ho. And we had a conversation with her and she was just like, oh, you need to talk to this person in Philly and then come back to me. And so within a week, we were on the phone with someone in Philly, had made contact with someone in Chicago and Kalamazoo and was like, all right, we're off to the races. Like, we're going to figure this out because people are saying this is a need. And by virtue of that one name and that inkling, that's what catapulted us to like really solidify that, okay, this is not a South Bend problem. This is a national problem. And this is wide reaching affecting business owners, which is our economic drivers. So something I love about a lot of the ventures that we try to start in Invanti is they push back really hard on very commonly held assumptions. Um, I think Hurry Home is a great example of that from cohort one. But but for you guys, between the two of you, talk a little bit about, so most people I think would say access to capital, small businesses, if banks are rejecting them, it must be obvious that they shouldn't get a loan. They must have a bad business. So it sounds like from what you've told us, there's a lot of reasons why they might say no. Um, some of which might be you're not ready for a loan. And, and I don't think that's necessarily your target at this point. But what about what are all those other reasons that 
a certain lending institution say would say no and another one might say yes or you know tell us a little bit about how that works so a lending institution may say no because you don't fit their portfolio at the time so Everyone loves to eat at restaurants, but did you know that restaurants have like a 90% fail rate? So if I'm investing, I'm a little risk averse to thinking about investing in a restaurant. And so as a restaurateur with a nice business plan and nice projections, a lender may tell you no, and it's not even you. That's not a right fit for their portfolio because they may already have too many restaurants in their portfolio. Similarly, there may be a medical practice that's looking to come up and there are lenders that thrive on lending to medical practices. But you wouldn't necessarily know that when you walk in because they don't have a sign like medical practice, come here and apply for a loan. We got you. And so with that in mind, we're looking at our platform as a way you come to us, we have the insight of these lenders. So we can then funnel your application out to these lenders so that they get the right match and you are matched with the right person that's interested in your business. Yeah, awesome. Dan, can you tell us a little bit about there's three types of lending institutions that you want to have kind of in the network of people on mm-hmm. the solution. And we'll get to right after this, how the solution actually works. Yeah. But tell us a little bit about who are those different kinds of lenders and what what might be different about what they look for when, they, uh, when they're when they looking at loan applications. Yeah, yeah. So um, the three different types of lending institutions that we're looking at are small banks. Uh, those are, I guess, any bank less than 10 billion in size is considered a small to medium-sized bank. Uh, We're mostly targeting those with less than a billion. Um, And then there's credit unions and there are CDFIs, which uh, a lot of people don't know that those institutions exist, but they are uh, community development financial institutions. And they're kind of like baby banks. They're, uh, They're nonprofits and they generally help with technical assistance for business owners who don't really know how to apply for a loan. Um, And also they do a lot smaller loan sizes, so typically less than $50,000. So those are the types of banks that we're, the the lending institutions that we're targeting. Um, The small community banks, those are the ones who are probably looking for higher loan request size and more traditional type uh, business lending opportunities. Uh, the CDFIs, like I mentioned, those are usually a higher risk pool, lower loan amount, but they're nonprofits and they're really trying to help get the business owner to the next stage to where this could be like a first loan for them and they pay it off in a year or two years. And then they go through a, a process and they get some help and then maybe they'll be ready for a new loan from from uh, a traditional lender. Um and then credit unions are kind of in the middle between the two of those. They're, a lot of people don't know that they do small business lending, um, and it's just kind of a common misconception. Some of them are trying to get in more on the CDFI end of the spectrum, and other ones do larger loans as well, kind of more like the uh, small banks. So through this journey, we've learned the importance of micro lenders in acting 
increasing access to capital for business owners. And so the CDFIs fall into the micro lending space where they're able to lend small dollar loans to get your business off the ground. There are businesses that only need that one capital infusion and they will be set. And so that's their sweet spot. But you wouldn't even know they exist because they have this weird acronym. And so you don't know where to search. And so we're easing that process. Yeah. So we've heard from Nicola a little bit about the perspective of the problem, thinking about the small business owners. Dan, can you tell us a little bit more about what problem you are solving for these local lending institutions? Right, right. So the local lending institutions, they're up against, like we said, the big banks earlier, because people know that the big banks exist. So um, a lot of times these loan officers at, at small banks or credit unions, they end up going to Rotary meetings. They go to morning breakfasts and community events to try and collect business cards from business owners to see if that could potentially turn into a loan. Um, it's a lot of traditional marketing and um, it's time consuming. And these banks, they don't really put a lot of marketing dollars into online. Um, really, only 11% of banks have an online loan application. And uh, in today's technology, that's just kind of, when I, when I learned that, I was kind of shocked. So um, they're kind of up against a lot, especially with online lending and the speed at which those institutions make decisions and they could get business owners funds in less than three days usually. So so really quickly, Dan, something we pride ourselves on here is getting you guys connected to a network quickly. And I know that you guys have developed now a relationship with a local lender who's been very helpful in Dana Trowbridge mm -hmm. from First State Bank. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about kind of how you guys met them, uh, uh, him specifically, and, and kind of what sort of insight has he been able to provide throughout <clears throat> the process as you guys have gone along? Yeah, Dana has been so incredibly helpful. And he's just such a great guy, like just wants to be helpful and always willing to make time to to go through what we're working on, bounce ideas off of him. Uh, I met him, you guys connected me to him and um, I met him at McAllister's was the, the first meeting that I had with him. Found out that he is also an IU alum. So connected instantly uh, off of that, but, um, Mostly I just realized like he's a wealth of information and he is happy to share it. And he is genuinely interested in, in Vanti's success and the people who are affiliated with it, just people's success in general. Um, especially from a lender's perspective, it was refreshing to talk to him to see what his outlook on small business lending is and like just wanting businesses to succeed and adding value to his deals. It's nothing is transactional with him. His focus on the relationship has been critical as we think about what we're building and how he focuses in and says, relationships are why I'm in this business. It's not necessarily about the money. It's about how are we building relationships that then impact communities. I remember one of the most powerful early statistics you guys showed us was comparing the borrower satisfaction rate between people who are working with local lenders, relationship bankers, they call themselves, mm -hmm. uh, and then online lenders. 
Dan, can you tell us a little bit more about kind of that distinction and and specifically how you guys are different than the kind of online lending marketplaces that exist? Yeah. Yeah. So that report, the day that I found the report that had all of those statistics, there were several to just back up our arguments, but the the satisfaction rates was one thing um, that really stood out because it was so stark. So the the satisfaction rates for, for borrowers who go to CDFIs, credit unions, and small banks, the, the relationship lenders are 76, 74, and 73% percent respectively. Um, if you compare that to large banks, it's 49%. So even there, there is a, a huge drop off in, in the type of uh, relationship and satisfaction that borrowers are getting. And then for online lenders, it's 34%. So um, it's interesting to see the trend of online lending going up, but the satisfaction rates just be so low. And that was one of the real things where it's like, okay, relationship lending works clearly because people are satisfied by it. And we've heard it lenders can add value when they're a part of the community. They know they know people that can connect small business owners. It makes sense that the satisfaction rates are that way. We need to figure out a way to bring online lending, whatever they are doing to continue to increase in market share, bring that to the relationship lenders and really try and promote that. I think that's a good segue. Uh, Nicola, can you guys, can you tell us what this company does? What's the solution? How does it work? Um, and, And kind of what have you tested so far and seen interest in it? So how the solution work is a small business owner will complete a simple form. And once they complete that form, we package that form and then share that with individuals that are part of our platform that are lenders. And that, to go back and bring it to everyone's recollection, that is credit unions, micro lenders, and local banks. And so once they review, they get to opt in if they would like to meet that business owner. So that is time sharing on both the lender's perspective as well as the small business and decreasing both of their angst of like, eh, we don't know where to find you. Yeah, so the match, so the match kind of happens. Uh, let's say they meet. How does how does it, the whole platform kind of wrap up and possibly lead to a loan? Yeah, yeah. So ultimately, we want to do kind of the dirty work for the lender in terms of just gathering the documents because we've learned there's a lot of time wasted in just like the pushing and pulling of the business owner, trying to get tax returns, trying to get financial statements, things of that nature. So. We want to kind of do that and kind of streamline that process so that when the the business owner and the lender meet, they are they're talking about important things. So once the once the business owner and the lender meet, then they uh, decide if they want to pursue a formal application, and uh, then th- at that point that process kicks in. And so when you guys have explained it before, I've heard kind of the two extremes of, of other online options that a small business might go to. One is these online alternative lenders. So you might think of like LendingTree.com. Um, and the way I understand it right now is you guys have lenders on the backside and because of being able to gather the right information, you can offer better rates um, and also probably show more of a better match rather than just whoever pays to be at the top. Um, but the other interesting insight is that as these banks do create online application systems, 
The problem with that is it's just like a virtual version of the same problem as their brick and mortar, which is if you don't know to go to firststatebank.com, you know, or any of these other local lenders, yep. having a really efficient online system doesn't necessarily work either. So tell us a little bit, like if if this continues to grow and you're able to start making these matches, what are are there other problems you think you can solve for the small business owner or for the lender as as this kind of thing takes hold. I don't know if Nicola, you want to start maybe with the small business owners, things they've asked you guys to do already as you've been talking to them. So small business owners, from their perspective, they would like us to assist in the packaging of the application. Walking through the application process is quite daunting. It takes hours and it's significantly a thick packet. So it's about 30 pages worth of paperwork. And as a business owner, you're like, "Mm, do I really figure this out? And so that's one thing that they've been asking. Can we package their information? Can they give us information that they have? And can we translate it into what lenders language is? Um, Because they know their business, but they don't necessarily know how to translate it to an outside person. Like, you know, you have your sales have increased 100%, but that does not translate in language to say, okay, we have no losses. We have all these gains. And so that's one way that small business owners have been asking for. The other thing they've been asking for is thinking about how do they know where to turn for resources? So I may need a CPA. I may need an accountant. I may need someone to do my marketing because now I've just received this capital infusion to grow, but people need to know I exist as well as a business. And so they've been asking us to be almost like a clearinghouse of resources for them. Yeah. Dan, what about on the lender side? Anything interesting there that this thing could eventually enable for the local lenders? Yeah, so the the packaging is kind of twofold on both the, the small business owner side and the lender side. So the small business owner, like Nicola said, they don't have the time to put all of this stuff together. Similarly, lenders don't want to sift through business plans and sift through tax returns. Um, So packaging and presentation is really important to them to where they can just make a decision, uh, you know, on the spot. Right now, uh, we want them to be able to express interest within, within minutes with the information that we provide them. But ultimately, I think for them being able to be like, okay, this is actually a loan that we can do, um, I'm only going to have to meet with this business owner one time, or I might only need to give this business owner a phone call. Um, And that's not to take away from relationship lending because um, you still live in the same region and that option is still there. But um, just streamlining the process and really taking a lot of work off of the lender's table in terms of collecting and analyzing the data um, is, is something that would be huge. Yeah, hearing you both talk, it's very clear the the quantity of information and the depth that you've learned from talking to small business owners and lenders. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what have you actually been putting in front of them to get this feedback and how has that changed over time? Um, and then tell us a little bit more about the evidence that you have that the current version of your solution is is the right one. So we've made kind of a click-through prototype that uh, it's not beautiful, but it is functional. 
and um, it it gets the point across. So uh, generally what we do is when we're sitting with a business owner or a lender, we, sh- we talk about what we're doing, uh, talk about how we think it works, and then we show them our, our prototype. And uh, then we just kind of gauge interest off of that. So we ask them questions uh, such as, what would you like to see in this that is not in here right now? Or um, how did you feel when you're looking through this and like picturing yourself going through this process to the business owner? And then of course, would you pay for this? And uh, on the business owner side, we've had eight out of 10 business owners say that they would pay for this. Um, a couple have even said that they would pay for, you know, just, just getting exposure. Um, also, uh, lenders are expressing a lot of interest. So we've talked to, we've showed the prototype to about 11 lenders. Nine of them are wanting to stay in the loop and being updated with, with our progress. Um, so the, that is on the prototype side of things, how, how things kind of have shaked out for us. And so what's like, what's next? What are you guys trying to achieve in the next three to six months, let's say, as, as Invanti wraps up um, and you try to get something out there and working? So uh, the next six months is an interesting thought because we're thinking on a week-to-week basis, basically, because things change so quickly. But what we want to do is we want to get kind of a, a beta test out here in South Bend. And to do that, what we want to do is get six lenders, specifically six, two banks, two credit unions, and two CDFIs because keeping a diverse pool of lenders in our network is what ultimately broadens our market for uh, small business owners. Um, So we want to get them together and have that be kind of our beta test uh, on the lender side. And then we want to start processing applications for from from business owners and we want to shoot to get at least 50 business owners to to go through the process and we'll be very high touch and getting feedback every step of the way to kind of influence uh the build out of our minimum viable product nicola can you talk a little bit about if this works like what are we talking about in terms of impact obviously your guys are facilitating hopefully loans but like, what's the what's the broader picture? What motivates you uh, and Dan to work on this problem? And, and eventually, what's the kind of the big thing that this could solve? The big thing that this could solve is that it's going to increase equity and inclusion to access to capital. Um, and that's critical to the sustainability of businesses in our community, as well as local lenders, which we know their impact on community as well. So it's impacting both the lender and the business owner simultaneously. In addition to that, we are thinking about the increase in down market loans that would be made, as well as the time saving for both the lender and the business owner. So they can focus on the relationships that matter and continuing and building upon those versus spending time trying to find those relationships. Awesome. So so last question, both of you have to answer this one is any advice to anybody else who might be in your shoes, you know, six months ago, nine months ago, um, in terms of thinking about starting something, but not necessarily knowing what to do yet. Uh, and then just anything else you guys want to share about your experience in Vonti, your experience working together, anything that's important to you. 
And I would just add to that, we'd be really curious to hear also uh, things you've learned about yourself through this process. <laughs> okay. Three um, light, very light questions. Very light questions. Um, so I think what we've learned, what I've learned about myself in this process is that like I knew I was resourceful, but this has taken my resourcefulness to a whole nother level of like, not only thinking about who's in my network immediately, but like my extended network and how this can catapult us forward. Nicola is very resourceful. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like also relationships are core to me. And so this is why it's been so easy to work on this and understanding that I would say coming in, I would have said, hmm, I don't know if lenders are focused on relationships, to be really honest. That's something critical that I have learned in having more one-on-one -on -one interactions with presidents of banks and um, business lenders. I wouldn't have said that they cared as much as they care. And so part of our work is changing that perception of lack of accessibility because part of that conditioned notion of like, they don't care about me. They're just trying to get money out. Um, so that's been critical for me. And that has shaped like even my passion around like supporting lenders, getting access to business owners, because I know that they care um, about them intrinsically as people and as humans. Um, and working together, we have learned what our strengths are. Like I am the big picture thinker. I can think of the idea and think about where we need to head and develop that roadmap. And Dan is the, let's, this is our milestone. This is where we need to go. And so that makes us a great team to work together and get this venture off the ground. Yeah. So um, if you're thinking about starting something, uh, back to the first question. Um, I would say to think about it, but more importantly, talk to people who have a stake in whatever you are thinking about starting. Um, that has been probably the, the thing that I've learned the most with Envanti, and it really forces you to do that. So thank you and Dustin and Maria for, for making that a priority for us. Um, but we've talked to a lot of people and uh, I don't think there's anything on the internet that will make you understand a problem as well as just getting out and talking to the people who it actually affects because they are not the ones who are going to the internet and writing blogs. Lenders are not online writing blogs. Um, business owners are not online writing blogs about how difficult it is to get a loan. There's a couple articles out there about it, but not much. You need to get it straight from the horse's mouth. Um, so, but I think that's applicable to anything that you're trying to start. Um, talk to somebody who knows the problem really well and who's in it every single day. And then more importantly than that, and Nicola has taught me to do this very well. After you talk to them, ask them who else you should talk to. <laughs> because that just opens you up to a whole new network. Um, so... That it would be my advice to somebody who's thinking about starting something. Um, 
again, my time with Invanti has been great in learning how to do that and just, you know, getting out there and really talking to people. I would say just do it. Like, get out there, start talking to people, start small and build upon it. Iterate, 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 iterate. Um, You will do it a lot. It's not a failure on your part. If you need to iterate, that means that you're learning and growing and you are meeting your target customer better. And I would say that's the most critical piece for me from Invanti is that iteration doesn't necessarily mean failure. It means shift to meet your customer where they are so that you can grow that vision that you initially had. Awesome. Well, thank you both for for sharing about uh, your venture and we will uh, be back with cohort two in Vanti podcast episode three very soon. Thank you. Thank you.